Welcome to Off the Cuff with SDJ, a podcast about everyday life from the spiritual, the physical, and the metaphysical perspective. Each week, I'll bring you episodes that have a casual, laid-back, informal, and spontaneous look at this thing we call life. I'm Sunny Don Johnston. Now let's get started. So let me bring Kate on. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm great, Sunny Dawn. Thank you so much for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you with us and everyone's excited to see you as well. So uh, let's dive in by starting by uh, letting me read your bio so people know a little bit about you. Okay, Kate? All right, guys. So performer, writer, artist, teacher, and coach. Broadway credits include Mary Poppins, Les Miserables. I don't know how you even say that right. Uh, Pajama Game, Sweet Smell of Success, Saturday Night Fever, oh, my favorite. Um, Also, Radio City Christmas Spectacular, Mrs. Claus, and a proud 24-year member of the Tony Award-honored Broadway Inspirational Voices, a diverse service organization. That is a mouthful, sister, right there. And there's still more to read. So, um, Kate has a Bachelor of Music Education, Boston University. Master of Arts in Health Arts and Sciences, Goddard College, trained at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition as a health coach, and is in Martha Beck's Wayfinder Life Coach Training. Her book, A Pixie's Prescription, a fun toolkit for a better, a feel better life, can be found on Amazon.com. And Kate also has a talk show, The Kate Chapman Show, A Feel Better Hour, and her new series, Little Kate on the Prairie can be found on YouTube. So let's talk about some creativity there, sister. Goodness gracious. Woo! Um, All right, Kate. So all of that being said, what is your, like, your favorite way to spend time? What what do you love the most? What's your play? Glittering and gluing. Glaring and gluing. Okay. So Um, if you see, like, right there, there's artwork all on my wall. Yeah. Yeah. So when I glitter and glue, I get into a state of flow that allows me to unlock certain parts of myself. And it's just harmless play that is nice and inexpensive and enjoyable. Awesome. I love it. So interesting because I do not like for me to like sit down and do something like crafty creative. It does not bring like calm and enjoyable (laughs) energy to me it brings like ah, frustration and like oh what what am i even like it's just not it's not my thing and i just spent some time with um a lot of my family up in utah where i'm from and they're all crafty and they're all doing all that kind of stuff and i'm like oh my god just i either need to go outside or i need to like write a book or i need to do do something because it doesn't it for me it just it brings up anxiousness i guess is a great word so what i love is that there's so many different ways to get into that creativity and that expression. And for yours, I know you're, I mean, obviously you're so creative and artistic and expressive, um, uh, you know, obviously being a performer and a writer and all of these things and still including doing um, a couple of different types of, of shows, series on your YouTube channel. Um, do you have, do you have kind of a, that the book is called a Pixie's prescription. What is your prescription for life? Like if you were going to have one, the prescription for life, what would it be? 
I think really living in curiosity and play as much as possible. When I wrote that book, I was um, finishing some, I had finished my training at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and there were um, what he called, what the, the founder called primary foods. And so I wrote a chapter about each of those primary foods. And when I got done with that, I realized that I was still hungry and I was hungry for playing and curiosity and play has been a difficult thing for me in my life. Um, despite being an actress and, you know, doing plays for a living, I was very serious <laughs> as an actress. Um, and, and so finding the way into play and that part of me that is young and untouched by voices outside that told me you have to do it this way or you have to succeed or any of those things, it just really gets me into a, a, a really relaxed state. And then if I'm curious, like a cat or like, you know, little kids when they don't, when they don't think about the consequences, mm -hmm. if I can tap into that, it helps me to find my way out of tough situations. So, so how do you, cause I think play, that's one of the things, um, my word was always joy, but I think that in, in society, um, a lot of people need permission these days to experience joy or to find play like they don't they don't know how to do it on their own and um and so it that can be a great challenge as you said you know i was real serious even though my job is literally to to play and to act um so for you kate and maybe you've noticed this with with people that you've worked with as well is there are there steps or there ways that you've found that help you kind of step into or embrace that play in a way that um, that, that you can that, that can activate it so that you can get you know get into the flow of it more and more and more or and or the curiosity but I think I think play is the thing people so many people struggle with. So one of the best things that I found to help with play is what's called an improvisation rule. And the rule of impro improvisation is always yes and. Or you could say it by don't deny, justify. So what that means is that whatever comes to you, you cannot say no. You have to make it make sense. And if you say no, so for example, if we're doing an improvisation scene and I say to you, I'm from Utah, and you say, no, you're not, mm -hmm. where do we go from there? Right. I could say, yes, I am. You could say, no, we're not. That's right. not a scene. Right. But if I say I'm from Utah and you say, oh, what is your favorite rock formation? Mm -hmm. And we've got a scene. Right. We've got something to play with. We have something, someplace we can go. So that idea of not saying no, the idea of saying yes, and what can I do with that mm -hmm. is really important because that is what life is. You know, you can't say no to the grief. You can't say no to the hard, hard situations. You can't say no to the stuff that breaks your heart. You have to say yes. And now what do I do with this? Yeah. How do I play with this to make this be a part of the fabric of my life and not just this thing that I'm tucking over here as much as possible? Sure, sure. So, so does that look like, like in, in an actual experience, like let's say it's um, uh, grief, and, and, and so you, instead of saying no, which is what most people want to do, just push it away, right? Ignore it, deny it, bury it, stuff it down, eat it away, drink it away, whatever. Um, and we say yes, 
Okay. This is, this is my journey right now. So yes, I'm going to, I'm going to embrace this. And is it, and I'm open to feeling the feelings. I'm open to finding some joy because we don't always just have to be sad. We can be sad and be happy at the same time. Right. It just means, and it just means that there's an additional thing that you can look at here, whether it's joy, whether it's freedom, whether it's um, release, there is something of other than grief. Always. There is something other than just the one issue. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think a lot of times the, the word wording that I've used that, that helped me was it, it always seemed like it was this or that it's good or bad. It's right or wrong. It's grief or joy. And what I've learned is this world that we live in, which is an amazing, you know, opportunity all around us, is a this and that world and always contrast all the time. Yes. Yeah. And also with improvisation, you're always in the moment, right? So we spend a lot of time in our lives sort of playing in the past or playing in the future, but we don't really play right now and right here. So using the idea of this improvisation world where we say yes and, it's about right now, right here. So it's not about spending time outside of the now, which can give you anxiety or depression. It's about spending time in the now where you can play. Right. right. Because generally, if we're looking at the future, that's where anxiety lives. We're looking at the past, that's where depression lives. And the play is in the presence. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Okay. Talk to us about curiosity. Okay. So curiosity, I love to watch cats. You know, cats will go and they'll test it. You know, like, can I step on that? Will it take my weight? Um, can I, can I go there? And it doesn't always work out for them. I have a cat right now who's, he's really not very bright, but he's very sweet. And when I'm in the bath, he likes to come and sit on the side of the bath. But twice now he's fallen in the bath mm-hmm. because he's been so curious about the pub, the bubbles or the towel on the side or something else that he ends up in the water. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting to me about it is his journey all around that. You know, um, up until the point when he got wet, which really was, he just got wet. Right. He got to learn a whole bunch of things, you know, like what is the, what do the bubbles feel like? What do they smell like? What is that that's making the noise? Um, You know, is the water warm? You know, all of those things he's investigating. Uh, If you look at um, little children as well, when they're first finding something and they're they're turning it around and looking at it from all sides, wondering how it works, wondering how it's put together. And to me, that's that's curiosity that is really helpful. If you can look at life and wonder how it's being held together for you, how it's being put together, turn it around like a ball, again, play with it, um, you can have a much more interactive experience with what you're going through. Well, and what's interesting, as you were talking, one of the things that was coming to me is that when you're curious, it just gives you an opportunity to have life experiences and to expand into whatever whatever you might have learned. So it's really just offering lear- learning experiences, but for more from an intentional place. Of, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna try this out. Yeah, it definitely puts you in the driver's seat, right? Because like if it's your curiosity that's leading the way. Then you're writing the script. Yeah. Yes. And we all like to write our own scripts. 
Yes, that is for sure. We like to be in charge and in control and write our own script. I think that's one of the words I've used a lot for myself is especially in delving into the spiritual uh, community at, at such a young age at 13, when I started experiencing, you know, angels and things like that was, um, I didn't really believe it. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really know how that all worked, but I was curious and the curiosity brought me to where we are today, you know, 37 years later. So um, it's a, it's a good thing to have. Yeah. yeah. It's, really, it's made me feel younger too. You know, again, like when I said I was very serious, I meant it. I, I really was, you know, old before my time. I wasn't curious about anything. I had the answers to everything. I wasn't playing. I was just becoming an old stodgy person very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and curiosity has definitely de-aged me. Mm, I love that. De-aged. <laughs> Guys, we can de-age here. That's great. That's great. Okay, Kate. So you've got all these things in, in, in your life and you've written, written a book and you've got your, all these different shows and everything that you've done. And I know that part of what you call yourself is a storyteller and a life coach. Although you have all these other titles that you could go by, those are the two right now anyway, that are kind of um, in the forefront. So why don't you share with us a story or two since you're a storyteller. I love stories. I love, I learn through stories. Okay. And um, I think that they can be really powerful because we remember stories, you know, so yeah. relate to them. So what's a story that stands out to you or that you would want to share? So um, I'm going to do like a little story into a song because since I'm in the Broadway world, like, you know, that's, that's kind of my dealio. And I think too, truly like people learn through songs in a really wonderful way. Mm -hmm. Um and if I mess up, I just mess up. Sometimes I get stage fright. It happens <laughs> even after all these years, you know, right? It's amazing. Really? That's interesting to hear that. So is it, and is it usually in smaller groups or larger? It doesn't matter. It's just more of an energy that moves through you. I think it's more of like, as I get older, the more I know about what can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we know too much. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And so then there's those voices that come in and go wrong, you know, that kind right. of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So the story that I that comes to mind is one that um, is about shape shifting, because that's one of my favorite things uh, to do in my own life. Because shape shifting teaches me how to walk through the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. So, in the beginning, upon a time, <laughs> there was a young woman named Jenna, and Jenna had the purest of hearts. And she was going along, chugging through her life, just trying to just get to where she was going, you know. But every once in a while, far more often than she would like to admit, the people in her life would say, Jenna, what is wrong with you? You've gone off the rails. You are not on the right track. Why can't you just find it and stay there? And each time she'd think, I, I don't know where that is. I keep looking and I can't find it. I don't know what it is. One day in her despondency, she just kind of gave up and got to the couch and turned on the TV and started flipping channels just as a way to check out. And she came across a woman that she'd never seen before who was speaking words that were wrapping themselves around Jenna's heart and making her feel like it was bursting open. And finally, the woman, her name was Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor, 
said, you know, we'd like to think that life is like a train, but as it turns out, it's a sailboat. Jenna's heart burst open. The choir of angels sang, oh, that's the answer, that's the answer. I'm not going off the rails, people. I'm not on the wrong track. I am not a train. I am a sailboat. Beneath me is current that I can't see. I am a sailboat and the destination is what leads me. Though there are days in my journey that keep me trapped in one place and I am faced with the fear of being alone, being alone. I am a sailboat and on these waves I shall ride. I look at the weather, I try to read the tide, but there are times when I just can't know how the wind around me may blow and drag me off course with such great force that I wonder, will I capsize? Or with the sun, will I rise? I am a sailboat, and on these waves I shall bob. I will set my sails to the wind, I will navigate I'll do my job, but I am just a sailboat in the vast universe, and I can't know what's on the horizon, what I'll be surprised when it comes to me. And at the end of the journey, my sails are tattered and they're so torn, and my hull is badly worn, and I just want to go into dry dock. There's nothing I can clock. Not the winds, nor the sea, nor the obstacles that live inside of me. I get into the current, and what may come my way, act like a tree and sway. And it teaches me day by day. I can grow, I can change and be something else. It isn't small. It's an answer to a call. Are you a sailboat? I love that. What a beautiful message and voice and story thank you i think most of us are sailboats we're sure as hell not trains <laughs> well i heard barbara brown taylor say that on super soul sunday 
Um, and I, and it just changed my world. I thought that, that makes sense. That's the problem. I've been trying to be a train and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime we try to be what we're not, it never works out so well for us. No. Yeah. That's beautiful. So you wrote that. Ah, See what that talent is. Oh my goodness. Wrote it and can sing it. See, I, I kind of don't think Kate, that everybody should have as much talent as body. I think it ought to be spread out through all of us in, you know, like voices and, and that creativity. And then there's just some people that have all of those pieces that go together really well. So we greatly, greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I, I'm looking at some of the messages. Everybody's saying beautiful. Wow. Fabulous. Thank you. I needed this reminder. Um, so that was beautiful. Now tell me, so is that, kind of how that creativity works for you that you hear a sentence like that and then it just takes you on this journey of writing this beautiful is that normal for no you? no okay. so Good. I'm glad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no so i had been singing everybody else's songs for 30 years just and and the only song i'd written was in college uh for a music theory class and i did not get a good grade on that song oh. He had a lot to say about it and not, none of it was, I want to hear that again. Mm. Um, and then, I don't know, Super Soul Sunday did a weird thing to me. When I would watch those episodes, I started to have songs that would come out of each one of them. Mm. And I wrote myself what I called the Super Soul Songbook. And it's just this collection of songs that I just sing for me. Uh, they're not published. They're not, you know, like that's the second time I've ever sung, sung that song for anybody but I've been singing it for myself for years. Um, and they just, they just give me a place to have a melody that I can grab onto when I don't know how to use words. Sure. Sure. That's awesome. So you have a whole little playbook of songs that you've written from just kind of words that, that jumped out at you yeah. from each of the teachers. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying as uh, somebody that's really kind of focused on creativity and how it expresses in the world, that could be something you could share, you know. <laughs> Just saying, one day, maybe. Or, you know, there's a lot of bravery attached to that, right? Like just singing uh, a song for you right here, I'm sweating from head to toe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that idea of speaking from the heart that, yeah. um, you know, cause there are plenty of people that will come up and poo-poo. <laughs> yeah. Well, vulnerability, right? Right. Yep. Um, but I think vulnerability is 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 courage and strength and bravery. Absolutely. And um, and vulnerability is oftentimes the most beautiful aspect of ourselves when we really open up and let people see it. Yeah, I, so. I, I admire it in others. And so I'm trying to walk that that road. Well, you just did. So thank you very much. And we are all blessed to have been the receivers of that. Thank you. So thank you very much. I love it. I love it. All right. So one of the things I noticed when I was reading your bio um, earlier today, I'm like, gosh, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of stuff, all this performing. And then you've got, you've got the, um, uh, you've got a PDF about resilience and you got into the life coaching. Now, how did you move from uh, being on Broadway and doing all of that? And then decide to step into life coaching because obviously life life experience has happened um but how, how did you make that that shift for yourself and how long ago was that 
Okay, so when I was 30, I'm 50 now, so about 14, 15 years ago, um, I, w- I had been steadily working on Broadway, which was great and wonderful, except for the fact that I was not doing well, physically or mentally. I was just a wreck. I wasn't um, taking care of myself physically, mentally. I was, you know, my emotions were all over the shop. I didn't have any control of them whatsoever, and so it would cost you know people around me. As that does, and um, I I was a stepmother suddenly out of you know, and and I had this little boy in front of me that I thought needed a better example in life, and so I started to guilt myself together, and um, first it started as sort of like a, a friend of mine dangled a carrot. He uh, was running a theater company, and he told me that if I lost a hundred pounds, I would have my dream role, mm. which was Avita, Ava Perone and Avita. And so I thought I could, I could do that. I could do that. And that would get me on the way to being a better, you know, parent. Right. Mm -hmm. So I lost the hundred pounds and then I lost everything else. Mm -hmm. I lost all my friends. I lost my career, um, nearly lost my marriage. Uh, it all just disintegrated. And, um, you know, when you feel like you're at your, wit's end, you start to figure out some other ways to go about it. And I just got curious about why life was so sad and hard when I was doing everything that everybody said I should. And that um, it just wasn't working out for me. You know, like, you know, the medical industry told me that I should lose this weight so I could be healthy. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And then I lost everything else. So I wasn't healthy. I was a sad, depressed, vodka drinking mess at a certain point because I didn't have any, I didn't have anything. The whole world kind of left and and as it was. Mm -hmm. And so out of that came a really beautiful encounter with a woman who is in the business. Her name is Farrah Alvin, amazing singer. You want to hear a singer? Wow, that girl. Anyway, Farrah Alvin, she saw me at an audition and she said, how's it going? And I said, I can't get hired. And she had lost about, I don't know, a bunch of pounds before that. And and she said, yeah, it took about three years until they would hire me again. But hang in there. And in the meantime, look at this health coaching thing. You might like it. And so needing to make an income, (laughs) not having my show income anymore, I started health coaching. And I liked it. Uh, And I started speaking around the world. I went to Uganda and spoke to people about health. I went to Australia and Turkey. It was really exciting and really fun. And then my father died and the grief took me over. Mm. And uh, I thought, you know what, I need, I need to understand a little bit more about this. And so I went and got my master's in holistic health and started to look at how do I bridge these, these gaps between these islands in my life that I don't seem to know how to negotiate between, you know, I seem to be drowning every once in a while instead of getting on land. Right. And, um, So I just started to make it be my pursuit to try to figure out a way to feel better that also allowed everybody in my life to feel better as well. Mm -hmm. And, And I just found that I really loved it. I loved talking to clients. I loved hearing their stories. I loved celebrating their successes. I work a lot with, um, I work a lot with two different clients. I mean, I work with a bunch of different people, but I work a lot with people with chronic pain, mm-hmm. people that have, um, you know, life really debilitated by pain. And it's amazing to watch how people can figure out their ways 
through, around, over, under, with, you know, and to make that pain become an integrated part of the life better than something that they're trying to get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, I also work with a lot of artists who are like me, were like me. You know, I was burnt out. I was um, really not having a good time at the career, and it's a hard career. And so if you're not going to have a good time at it, why bother? Right. 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 I mean, I, for every audition I go on, you know, I, it's like, I think the stats are like for every 100 auditions, you get one job or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't know if those stats were true in my career, but it's definitely, you know, it's a lot of work and if, it, and I just was dredging through it. And so I now help a lot of other artists find their joy and their play and their, their, you know, zest for it again through your own life experience and wanting something different or better. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly though, because I'm sure that many of the audience uh, and I myself don't understand, maybe you can explain. So when you were saying, you know, they said, okay, if you lose this weight, so, so you had particular roles that you attracted, I assume, based on how you looked and what your talents were and everything. And so when, that changed in such a big way, then the name that you had for yourself was in kind of a stereotype of this. And so then they, then you had to kind of create a whole new persona in, in who you were. Is that kind of how it works? That makes sense? Yeah. So unfortunately our entertainment industry in this world, and we've had a lot of discussion about it this year, which has been really wonderful. And I want there to be more discussion, but in my era of growing up in Broadway, there were types. And from the very beginning of my career, I was told you you can be this type or you can be this type. And these are your two choices. And you can be a leading lady, but you're too fat. Or you can be a character actress. You'll, you'll need to age into that. So this is what I was being told. Mm -hmm. So the, the being called too fat for years was awful because I was all of a size eight. Mm -hmm. You know, that was not a fat girl. Right. Right. And then at a certain point, I, I did get very, very heavy. I gained a whole ton of weight and I really was very heavy. And when I was very heavy, uh, I had a whole bunch of skill sets like dancing, um, like singing, like the little angelic soprano that were attractive to uh, being in the chorus on Broadway. So I did a lot of chorus work and understudied the character women that I was growing into, right? Um, and then when I got thin, there was this belief that I wouldn't hold on to it. Mm. But there was a bigger problem, and that was that I was 40. Mm. So, so you got I, older and you wouldn't hold on to it from their perspective. Gotcha. Right. Right. So I now wasn't young enough to be the ingenue in the show, even though. I, I look young and every time I'm on stage, people tell me how young I look just because I think I'm very kind of, I'm short and I'm, I'm a little bit of a cherubic face. Um, but yeah, it, it really was about the fact that the, the storytelling that we were doing on Broadway up until Broadway closed down was very specific to what you were allowed to be if yeah. you were a certain age or a certain gender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 so the conversations are happening. Yep. Um, to make some shifts and some changes and create some awareness and baby steps, maybe. Baby steps. I mean, I think we've still got a problem with ageism. I think we still have a problem thinking that 
Diversity is just swapping out the older person for a person of color. That happens a lot. And that doesn't give us diversity. Um, You know, we still need to have all different ages, all different sizes, all different stories being told because that is life. Right. And and I would have loved to be able to see a size eight bell in Beauty and the Beast. I would have related to her. And and I never related to the girls that were stick skinny. I I wasn't that girl. Right. not, or, or a size 20, right? Or or a different color or a different sexuality or um, just bringing in the, the diversity of humanity. Yeah. 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 The choir that you mentioned that I'm a part of, the Broadway Inspirational Voices, um, I highly recommend if anybody needs a pickup, pick me up, just pull up any of our recordings. They will just bring you right up because it's all about music that's meant to soothe the soul. And what we are about is creating a diverse body of storytellers that represent everybody. And it's so amazing to be in that choir because it's really the only performance space that I have where that is the truth. Mm. And it's, it's gorgeous. And we create stuff that it just blows your mind. It's, Mm. it's, I look back on it. I'm so proud to be a part of it because it really is bigger than the whole. Mm. So say it again, Broadway inspirational voices, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Beautiful. So go check that out guys. All right, so um, Kate, I'm going to ask you a couple off-the-cuff questions, okay? Okay, what was your first job? Uh, babysitter. Babysitting, okay. And you're the same age as I am. Did you know that? We're both 50. What That's a great, great age to be. Totally. Fantastic, except for you do really look young. I wouldn't have thought <laughs> that because that cherubic face. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, so okay, babysitting. And was that your own family, or did you babysit for other people? No, I babysat for other people, and they really shouldn't have left me with their children. I was not old enough nor equipped. Yes. Well, see, I never was a babysitter, and that's exactly why, because I was not equipped. I did not have the patience level. So when I was when they found out when I was eighteen, I found out I was pregnant. And everybody's like, "Oh my God, what child won't survive?" <laughs> He's still alive, 31 years old. So I figured Congratulations. out. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. I've, been noticing, I've been noticing the kids that I babysat my first couple of years in New York. A couple of them are movie stars now. One of them is this guy named Wolfgang Novogratz. He's really grown into quite the young man, I have to say. <laughs> wow. Well, see, you might have had some influence there, girl. <laughs> really, just a great actor and really a nice young man. I love the name, though. Okay. Um, second question I have for you is, if you had to pick one thing that you have bought in the last, let's say, year or two, um, that's under a hundred dollars, that's like your thing that you use every day, or that's your favorite favorite little gadget or thing, what would that be? Um, I think it's it's boringly my little tube of Burt's Bees. Not a sponsor, but they should be. Um, <laughs> I um, I. Since COVID, I moved out to the middle of nowhere. I was living in New York City up until COVID hit. And then when all of our shows shut down, we just came out to the middle of Colorado where it's nice and quiet. And um, it's dry here. So I have gone through probably about a case of these in the last (laughs) So it's $100 total with all of them. (laughs) Right. Awesome. Okay, great. Birth bees, friends, if you have dry lips, birth bees. Um, and they don't have a bunch of shit in them. So nope. that's good. Yep. Um, okay. If you had to have a bill or if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world that said anything you wanted to say, what would it say and where would it be? 
Okay, so I was so hoping you would ask me this question because I had a board. Oh. I uh, was the caregiver for my uncle for a year and a half when he was at the end of his Parkinson's um, journey. And he, it was back in my hometown, which is a little bit of a tough place for me to go sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, he lives, he lived in a place that was farmland and it turned into being the middle of town. And there was a piece of land next to him that I'm not sure exactly what happened, but they put up a billboard that then stared directly into the front window of my uncle's house uh, apartment. And the billboard would just yell at me all the time. Bye, bye. And it bothered me. So I bought the billboard for the year and I put up two things. This was the first one. Love. Yep. Okay. So it's love, the words love with love all through it. Yep. And yep. then I made the second one and it said, be kind. Well, isn't that perfect? I asked you that question. I was so excited that you asked me because I pulled this picture exactly because I was like, I hope she asks. I love that. I I guess I just, I mean, obviously, hello, Sunny, you can buy billboards, duh. But I guess you just don't really think about buying one unless you're like, you know, advertising something. But I love the be kind. All I have all kinds of t-shirts and everything that are be a kind human is what, what I've said. It's such a great message. So then you saw that out of the window all the time. I did. And it was a reminder to me as I was taking care of my uncle that my job was to love him and be kind. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard when you're a caregiver. I think, you know, caregivers, it, it gets it gets really lonely there. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Beautiful. That's a beautiful message. Okay. Last question. Um, if there was one thing that you would want to share with all of our audience, you would want to remind them of maybe something that you need to be reminded of yourself at times, what would that be? Okay. So this is another like little song that came to me and I won't sing all of it, but I will just sing this line for you. Oh, sing it girl. You can sing the whole thing if you'd like. We love your voice. I don't think I remember it. I don't think I remember the whole thing. That's the weird thing about writing these songs is that they come in very quickly and yeah. I catch them and then I don't always remember them. And that's why I said if I messed up that other one, it wouldn't be the first time because it happens. Yeah. So Eben Alexander, who wrote, um, the book just went out of my head. Um, it was it, something about heaven. Yep. Proof of heaven. Proof of heaven. Yeah. Proof of heaven. He wrote in that book uh, three phrases that came to him with that near-death near experience. And they are, you are loved, you are cherished, you have nothing to fear. Yeah. That's it. I love it. So I just think of those, those phrases all the time. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I have nothing to fear. It doesn't matter what's going on in this realm. Those are the three truths of life as I know them. Mm -hmm. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I have nothing to fear. Yeah. Beautiful message. Beautiful messages. All right, friends. So if you want to connect more with Kate, you can go to her YouTube channel. She has either the Kate Chapman show, a feel better hour or um little kate on the prairie those are both on youtube and you can go check out her book on amazon um a pixie's prescription a fun toolkit for a better a better a feel better life i'm gonna make that easier because if you sing it it's better a fun toolkit for a feel better life there you go see that was good that you did that not good that i would do that so that was fantastic
<laughs> thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate. It. I love the. I love that we got a little a little song out of you, a couple of songs out of you. That was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing and being with us. For those of you that are watching, go check her out. Thank you so much for listening to Off the Cuff with SDJ. If you gained some knowledge, if you felt a connection, if you got some ahas or insight into this thing we call life, if you feel like you're a little more elevated than you were before you listened to this podcast, then please subscribe to this podcast. And if you're already signed up, please rate and review it. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to get more information about me and what I have to offer, go to my website, Sunny Don Johnston. That's with a T. Thanks so much, my friend, and I hope to see you next week.